Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Hey guys, I'm Shelby, host of Addicted to Crime podcast. Join us for deep, chilling dives into the evil nature of criminals, and let's take a closer look at their early life and background to see how they got to the day of the crime. This podcast was created in hopes you pay closer attention to your surroundings and hopefully stay safe. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts or else on the website www.addictedtocrime.org. Happy listening, thanks for your time, and stay safe. Hey, what's, what's up, up you guys? guys? I'm Catherine. And I'm Haley. And we are Saturdays for the Ghouls. A Podmoth yeah. podcast. How are you, Haley? I'm, I'm doing good, Catherine. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm, I am, wait a second, what day is it? I'm going to be inside you on this day that this is posted. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, inside your state, with you, in the same room as you, oh the day that God. this post whoa whoa wait is that right yeah that's right oh yeah 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 when this episode posts we will be in the same room we are not in the same room while recording this though sorry (laughs) sorry to all our fans that want us to be in the same room right this second maybe next week i it is as of recording this it is a countdown seven days until i get to see you Gang, gang, seven days. I do have to drive for four days to get to you, though. I know, that's that's some love and dedication right there. I probably could, if it was by myself, I could probably make it three days. Crazy. But I don't think I could do it any shorter. Because I do have to sleep. Yes. But since I'm not going by myself, my driving partner, my mother doesn't want to drive too long of days and so we're gonna to have to do four days but that's fine so i'm very excited to see you though i will be very happy the day that this posts because we'll be together and we will have been together for two days by the time this posts yes yay excite so excite what if we're just like completely fucking awkward we will not be when we see each other we're just gonna be like Okay, so I do I do imagine that it will be awkward because normally people who haven't seen each other for a long time hug. And I don't know, I was going to ask you about this like off podcast, which we don't have to keep this in if you don't want to, but you and, you and I are not huggy people. If you hug your best friend, I feel like you aren't best friends. Um, no offense. But since we haven't seen each other in so long, I was like, maybe I should like touch base with Haley and be like, we should hug. I'm gonna, I will have missed you so much that it should it should start in a hug, you know? Yeah, well, I was planning on gonna, <laughs> hugging you. Oh, you were? Okay. Yeah. See, I was going to ask you, and I was going to be like, so are we going to hug when we see each other or not so I can prepare myself? Not, not to just prepare myself, like, to hug you specifically, just so that I can be, like, less awkward. Because I never know when someone's going to go in for a hug, and I always <laughs> feel like it's awkward when you, like... When someone goes in for a hug to someone who was not prepared for a hug. Yeah. That, that to me is like one of the most awkward things. But yeah, no, I, I mean, I was going to ask you also beforehand, 
do we hug or what? <laughs> and the also the thing, I didn't want the conversation to happen in the lobby of the hotel when we see each other. Like, like, do we hug? Like, I didn't want to do that in front of the hotel workers. That would have been so weird. They're just like, they're like, these people, do they know each other? Like, or do they just meet right now? Anyway, this will probably be like your, I'd say it's like going to be your third hug from me ever in eternity. I get, I get one Catherine hug a year. Okay, if you come to Texas, though, in this year, you will have get two Catherine hugs. And maybe I'll hug you when I leave. I'd be down for another hug when I leave. That's crazy. Did I hug you when I left Washington? I don't remember. I think, I think so. I, didn't, I think I didn't because we were in the, the valet drive-thru and you were feeling very rushed. Because don't you remember that was like the last time we saw each other was in the valet drive-thru. You dropped me off at the hotel. Well, yeah, I think I thought that we weren't going to see each other again. So I think we like hugged before that. Um, and then and then we were like, you want to get tacos? And then we went and got tacos. That does sound like us. And then the only other hug that I can remember is when you came back from being gone for a very long time. Or you were sick for a really long time and you weren't around. I didn't let you come over when you were sick <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like, and then you were not prepared for that hug. That was, I think, like our, one of our first legitimate hugs. You came to my house and I hugged you and you were like, wow. Oh, she does hug. It's just, it's not you personally. It just, just, I just am not a hugger. Ooh, I was getting worried there, man. I thought I, it was uh, me. I don't know. I think it was because I, I, and we've talked about this before on the podcast even, I think it's just because we didn't grow up in like touchy families that we don't yeah, we didn't. express ourselves in that way. Yeah, no. I mean... I can tell a complete difference between my nephew and me. He, he must have grown up with like touchy family, which is weird because mm-hmm. that's my sister, but maybe my sister's just grown to be touchier. Maybe that's what motherhood does to you. Yeah, so. I've heard it turns you into a better person. No, that's no, that can't be a better person. No. Or like, well, not okay, like a more. Because then you're saying. Any- I don't know. At that point, you're saying that people who who are not parents and maybe don't even want to be parents are not caring. It's not true. Well, then I don't know. I do think that you. Yes, I I agree. I understand what you're saying. I what I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. You're saying that something makes you more nurturing, which then probably in turn makes you more. Yeah, that. I think that's probably something along the lines. I don't know. I've never been a mom, and I don't plan on it. So all of you single young bachelors, if you also don't want kids, don't hit me up because I am emotionally unavailable. <laughs> don't hit me up. Yeah, she's available like physically, but emotionally physically, good. I, I could date anyone I wanted. But to get me to text you back, good luck. Oh I'm, my gosh. I'm lucky. I'm lucky. I'm one of the lucky ones. You really are, actually. I know. Anyway, now that we've talked about childhood trauma and stuff that our podcast is not about um what week is it this week it is true crime movie week crime movie week crime movie week that's right and we're gonna talk about the movie it's a netflix movie another one maybe i'm gonna start doing some that are more well known i don't know 
<laughs> but the Netflix movie I Came By, there's a lot of different crimes in this movie. And we'll get into that. Just just so you know, it is the movie is called I Came By. Oh, was that not clear? No, you no, you said it, but like the way that you said it, the way that the phrasing was, was like you came by a movie. Like Oh, yeah. You were like yeah. a Netflix movie I came by. Oh, I see. Yes. It, yeah, the the title is kind of strange. I came by. It makes sense once you watch the movie, but when you're looking to like pick a movie, it is kind of a strange. Do you have anything to add to that? Oh, yeah. No, I it's a interesting, interesting title. I mean, yeah, it makes sense once you see it because it, it's the whole premise, I guess. Right. I came by. I came by. So let me let me give you the the little description on like you know Google or IMDb or whatever, like the very short one, which tells you pretty much nothing. As we've come to find. These ones tell you basically nothing. I Came By follows a young graffiti artist who discovers a shocking secret that would put him and the ones closest to him in danger. Yeah, I was going to say it is like misleading because, I mean, I guess he's the main character, but like, I don't, he's literally in the movie for like 10 minutes. (laughs) Okay, he's in the movie for like 20, 30 minutes. Okay. Not 10 minutes. But yes, he's in the movie for a very short period of time compared to the length of the movie. The reason why you're having a hard time pinning down the main character is that the narrator of the movie changes so many times during the movie. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of details about that. But specifically, the narrator changes a lot during the movie. Like we follow so many different people throughout the movie that technically speaking, he was the main character of his section of the movie. Then we move on to someone else. Yeah. So, Haley, do you want to give us a Haley synopsis? Or, okay. to be fair... To, wait, sorry, what? To be fair, what? Oh, to be fair, we watched the movie, like, at least three days ago. Two days ago. Three? I think it's been three. Since Monday? So, like, three slash four? We watched it a few days ago, so... That's what I was going to say, because I was like, shit, from what I can remember, I'll try. I'll fill in some blanks if you get, once you're done. All right. If you have any. Obviously, you might not. I mean, it's going to probably be very chaotic. What's not chaotic Um, on our podcast? Very true. All right. Here we go. London, I think. Yes. Two hot, troubled guys. Mm -hmm. Parkour. Parkouring it up. Spray painting eat the rich, fuck the rich, shit like that, you know? Fuck the system. All that. One guy is an angsty boy. I think that's Toby. And then I forgot his other friend's name. Jay. Jay. Oh, it was Jay. Okay, I was right. All right, so we got got Toby and Jay. Toby Mm -hmm. is angsty white boy. Jay is unfortunate to not have parents. They form a, an alliance and is like, fuck the rich, fuck the system. They come across this one guy. He's a judge. Old guy. Has major daddy issues. We barely know about them at this point. Yeah. Has it's daddy the issues. the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. We, we don't. We, yeah. Jay is going to be a dad. So he's like, I'm out, Toby. I can't do this no more, you know. Toby is like kicking trash cans and shit and mad at the world. that He's doing this on his own. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to break into this fucking man's house. 
he does it. Oh, but uh, he finds a little more than he bargained for in the basement. So Toby tries to play hero and rescue said thing and said person thing in basement. And uh, I was trying to like avoid spoiling it, but we're going to spoil it, I guess. So but yeah, Toby tries to rescue the person that's in the basement to no avail. Black screen. Now we're in the POV of his mother, of Toby's mother. And then mom basically tries to save him, gets captured. And then now it's up to Jay. And Jay saves the day finally at the very end. The end. That was good. That was very Thank good. You. Thank you. That's, I mean, essentially, that's pretty much it. There's lots of Thank other parts. It's a two-hour movie. So, like, obviously, we're not going to tell you every scene in a two-hour movie. You did a wonderful job. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm gonna cry. Someone gives you a compliment and you cry. Oh my god, I saw this. I saw this meme and I meant mm-hmm. to send it to you, but it was like my OnlyFans is me pretending to be your dad and saying that I'm proud of you for $7.99 a month. What's that's that'd probably get viewers for sure. I thought it was funny. So a little bit about the movie before we get back into the synopsis information about the movie let's talk about who directed it and who starred in it the director was babak anvari and he is british and iranian and then hugh bonneville played hector blake who was the judge george mckay played toby neely who was the hot boy that Haley loved she was like i I can fix him hey as a joke i mean yeah he was kind of hot but He's literally like in the movie for like, I do. Yeah. And then Cell Ascot plays Jamil or Jay Agassi. Okay. So that's Jay. Okay. But I didn't know that he had a last name in the, like, that's what I'm just saying. Anyway. Oh, um, yeah. You know, like, we never hear that in the movie. So I was just, I was, when I was looking at the cast list, I was like, where did Jamil Jay Agassi come from? You know, like. I just knew him as Jay. I didn't know he had another part of his name. I mean, I know that people have other parts of their names. I just, never mind. Anyway, (laughs) Kelly McDonald played Lizzie, Toby's mom. And then Varada, Varada Sethu played Nazarene or Naz Rahim. She was so pretty. And then Franz Ashman played D.S.L. Lloyd, who was the detective placed on Toby's case. And that's pretty much all of our main characters, I'd say. Yeah. Some of them have smaller parts than others, but... And uh, Haley did a good job at telling you kind of what happened, but there's lots of, like, like... Okay, so there was a hostage. Let's go back to Toby. Toby breaks into Hector Blake's... Hector Blake, as Haley said, was a judge, and he was retired. So he lived in this really nice house he had a lot of connections he played squash with like the head guy of the police he had lots of connections so when toby broke into his house he heard something downstairs and so he went to go check it out found said hostage after a minute when he went to go save him he he left and came back the second night to save the guy because he was going to get caught if he stayed there any longer the what's it called Hector, Hector tricked him kind of when he came back. So he like left and then he knew that his, he knew that he came back and then he came back. And so 
he found him downstairs trying to save the guy and the guy had like went to the bathroom on the ground and toby runs in to try to save him and honks out because he slips on the poo i think it's poo i thought i thought it was pee i mean yes but he stepped on something like brown that's why i thought the part that he slipped on was poo oh okay i don't know all i know is that it's somewhere else i read it said blood so but i don't know where the blood would have come from other than from hector but anyway so now we know that hector keeps people down in his basement and that toby a lot of things were implied in this movie so we saw hector put this stuff that he was wearing into this kiln and then he saw them dispose of something but we didn't necessarily know that toby was no longer with us yeah i okay i thought that he just kept him like i thought Mm -hmm. he like got rid of the one guy and then kept toby Mm -hmm. yeah i thought that too actually the first time i watched it was that he he traded out the guy that was down there for toby but as you and i both know i think he got rid of both of them Uh. sadly so then lizzie comes to the same at the end of the day finds the connection to hector stalks hector's place and at the end of the day she finds her same demise as toby but she finds a lot more information out about hector hector hates gay people who were seeking asylum from their home countries and the reason is from said daddy issues that Haley was talking about so the the father his father after his mother died he sent him off to boarding school so that his father and this asylum seeker who was a homosexual or who was gay they they mention it as a homosexual but he was gay and he was seeking asylum in in london uh and so the father i think it was implied that the father and him had a relationship yeah and so when he came home hector got angry with ravi is the guy's name who was seeking asylum and got angry with him and didn't like him and so anybody who's seeking asylum because they are gay and they cannot be openly gay in their country he sees ravi in those people And so something I think that was not well explained is that the people that he keeps are asylum seekers like Ravi and that the guy that was down there originally was not Ravi. It was a different person. And then the person at the end was also not Ravi. It was a different person. And I don't think that was explained very well. And I know that maybe the the listeners are still having a hard time if they haven't seen the movie. But you should definitely watch the movie, obviously, before you... We've told you this already. I'm not going to tell you again. Anyway, <laughs> so Lizzie finds out a lot about Hector through... I think it was... Oh, please hold. Please hold. Holding. Do I maybe not have it? I'm scrolling through this, like... I guess I only have Robbie's name here. Anyway, I'm sorry. His name starts with an O and he's an asylum seeker that Hector comes across while Lizzie is basically stalking him. (laughs) Anyway, he tries to like drug him at the house and he gets out of the house and that's how Liz, that's how Lizzie finds him and they talk about it. And Lizzie is trying to get some sort of case against Hector as we've already seen, the detectives already searched there. 
Hector can get anyone off of his case because the head of chief police or whatever is on his side. The head of like the chief of police or whatever. Yeah. Like the head of the police or the chief of police. He's on his side or like his friend. Oh, so anytime, yeah, yeah. Anytime the a detective. So like, yes, 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 yes. So like when the detectives came. Okay. So Lizzie first told them about Hector when she found information, maybe, I don't remember where she found the information, but she found information. They went and searched his house and Detective Lloyd, Ellis Lloyd or Ella Lloyd, she found the, the what he called a safe room, but that was the holding room where the, the hostage was. And she found a little peephole and he like said the weirdest fucking thing to her. What did he say? I thought I had, oh yeah. Is that all you got? You looked like one of the smart ones. And I'm like, why would you even say that? No, that weird fuck. He said it so fast. I was like, the fuck did he say? Yeah. Like, she snapped. Yeah, she found a, so she, in, her, in his secret room, there's a peephole looking into the room instead of looking out of the room. And so she found that and he like looked at it. He goes, oh, that's weird. And he could have just chopped it up to being like, oh, that's weird. But instead he like, shut the door and was like is that all you got you look like one of the smart ones and then automatically gets arrested like i didn't understand i didn't understand the reason behind him saying that to her was it so that he would get arrested and they would stop looking yeah i or was it so yeah i'm thinking that because because the more they looked like they might have found like more evidence like his yeah i don't know i mean he destroyed most like all of his evidence unless he had someone else there somewhere yeah, I don't know. And then, oh, what was it? Oh, yeah. Could it have been that he wanted to get arrested and then talk to his friend and then his friend reprimand her and tell her to stop talking about him at all? Like, maybe that was his goal? I don't know. It was, it, that part was the most, well, it was one of the most confusing parts because I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> you could have just been like, oh, that's weird. Maybe the person who made the door was stupid. Yeah. Like, I feel like you could have left it at that, but he didn't anyway so when lizzie comes to the same demise as toby jay feels the need that he has to put take matters into his own hands because hector's just getting away with everything he's literally killed at least four people in this in this time period of the movie now the timing of the movie i forgot to weird so weird oh so from scene to scene there's never a like estimated time of like what what could have passed during that time so it could have been a day or it could have been two months right right? literally literally the only i guess verification of how long it's been was naz the uh jay's girlfriend being pregnant yeah that's the only (laughs) thing that helped us understand how far along we were in the in the movie because like when Toby goes missing, she's just pregnant. Like she just found out she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then it's literally, it looks like it's the next day, but mm-hmm. she's like actually showing. So I was like, oh my God, Toby's been gone like months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then so on. And, so, and then the baby's born at some point. Like this, like, this, this whole movie takes place over at least like a year, if not two years, because by the time at the end, when Jay is starting to take matters into his own hands, Baby is sitting up and like, you know, interacting with dad, not necessarily talking, but, you know, babbling, sitting up, 
I, he could be almost one is what i'm thinking yeah that's so I don't know. It, it, I feel like this movie took place over like two years, but there's nothing to tell you that other than the baby's progress, which the baby's not even a main character, right? <laughs> other than that, there's nothing to he tell sh- you that time has moved by. <laughs> he should be. He was adorable. He should be. He was very cute. Yes. He had this. Remember the he had a little the little onesie and it had a teddy bear on the butt. Oh my gosh, that was so cute. They picked it. Okay. When they picked him up, there was this teddy bear, like just on the little tush, like one of those little flaps. And I was like, is that a teddy bear on his butt? And he was like, yeah, that was so cute. I, I've never seen Catherine get so giddy over a bear. I know. It was it like almost cured my like not wanting to be a mother. It was crazy. <laughs> but I got, I came right back home. Don't worry. Friends who are not parents and don't want to be, don't worry, I'm back home. Anyway, so I thought that the timing was very strange but maybe that's just how like that's obviously how the director wanted it to go you know how he wanted it to play out yeah so but the ending of this movie is like it seemed rather ambiguous and a little bit confusing i felt did you feel confused at the end yeah with the person yeah (laughs) yeah so I have some explanation for the end for you. So maybe I can help you shed some clarity. Okay. So roll back to the beginning of the movie. We're not going to go scene by scene, but back at the beginning of the movie when Jay and Toby are tagging places. Um, I don't think we've mentioned, but the tag that they left on rich people's homes inside of rich people's homes is I came by and they would they would turn off the Wi-Fi, get inside their homes, like scale the building. They would tag the inside of their house. So when they came home, they knew that they were not untouchable. And so there were, and there would be no evidence of them because there was no Wi-Fi connection, that kind of stuff. And I came by, comes back around at the end. So obviously Jay stops during the movie, but Obi tries to continue on his own with Hector. Naz is finishing a some kind of degree or program where she has a dissertation or a dissertation. And that means he, she has like this, she like slaved over this paperwork and her teacher was going to hand it to, sorry, she was going to hand it to Hector Blake and he was going to read it supposedly. But, and so Naz let Jay know that's where Hector will be because Jay couldn't find Hector because he moved or went back to his childhood home. Oh, okay. So that's why Naz had to tell him, like, hey, my teacher will be handing Hector my dissertation. And that's why she was like, be careful when she left. Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay. That was solely because Jay needed to know where Hector was, and we have not been able to find him. So Jay follows Hector home to his childhood home, where we find Hector sleeping there. Jay finds Hector sleeping in his old childhood bed. Which, why would you sleep in your small childhood bed when there's a very perfectly fine queen mattress? I don't know. That was strange. I digress. <laughs> so, Jay and Hector end up having a tussle. Hector obviously has the upper hand. Like Haley said during the movie, you weren't there. But she's like, he already knows the layout. Jay doesn't. Yeah. And that's right. Hector had the upper hand during Jay's in his fight. But, Hector, but Jay is like, driven by passion about what Toby and Liz or Lizzie, you know, had to go through with Hector. And 
he knows that Hector killed him. She, he just doesn't know how he did it, you know, because because Lizzie told Jay and asked for his help. So Jay really feels like it's, it's his, his fault. fault that Lizzie died. Maybe not Toby. But Toby also asked for his help, you know. But the end of the movie itself, like, like the last quarter or the last third or whatever the part with Jay is or the I mean really the movie overall is about the justice system I came by the taggers are already about like the fuck like you know fuck the system fuck the rich like that kind of stuff but it's about how like the justice system fails people and especially people of color and the, the director he even said in like an interview that the movie is related to the overhaul theme of how institutions fail us, whether it's on a macro level, like the government or the police, or it's on a micro level or on a micro level, like your friends or family. Everyone in this film has daddy issues, which is true. <laughs> Almost everyone in this film has daddy issues. Toby, Jay, Hector, we don't really know Lizzie, Naz, everyone has daddy issues. Oh, yeah, they do. And so the ending is a lot about the justice system and how the systems that we have put in place are institutionally going to fail people in in the in the world, as you know. And the 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 cool thing is is that you would kind of, I would say, the three heroes of the film are all people of color, and the director said that he did that per- he did that purposely. The three people who are the final heroes are obviously Jay, D.S. Lloyd, the detective, and Naz, who helped Jay find where Hector was. Oh. Right? And it said that the ending allows people who are hurt the most by the justice system and the systems that are put in place bring Hector, who represents that, to justice. Isn't that cool? Oh, I like that. We like the movie more than when I finished watching it. You know what I mean? Yeah, me too. Yeah, it adds more. It adds more meaning and symbolism to me. Exactly. To me. Exactly. And I think that the director, it, the way that he did it was, was great. And it may have been a little subtle, but it was, it makes the movie mean more. You know. Yes. Yeah. So as I just said, Hector kind of represents any politician, or law enforcement officer, or government official, or business tycoon who say, oh, I'm not racist, but they definitely are. You know, like he hides behind his job and he's mm-hmm. like, I'm a judge. I've helped a lot of people, people of color. I've helped a lot of other people. I've helped helped everyone. I'm a judge. I, will, I want the best for you. But really okay. he doesn't. And he didn't want, specifically Hector himself, didn't want anyone who was seeking asylum to, to have asylum, you know? Yeah. Like he was telling, I can't remember his name, Odie. He was telling him that he could help him with his case. And then he also told him that he could eliminate his case if he didn't come and come to his house or he didn't get in his car. You know what I mean? He like used that against him. Obviously he didn't want to go back home or else he'd be killed. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Omid? Omid. Why did I think it was Odie? That's for me. Omid. It's all, it's almost the same, same letters. <laughs> almost. <laughs> Just all different. The other thing about like the narrators, the fact that there's multiple narrators at any given point, we're following different people, 
and the big narrators are obviously Toby, Lizzie, and Jay, but sometimes we follow Hector, and for a very short moment, we follow Naz when she goes and gives her dissertation to her. Her, It's like a very short part, and you don't. she doesn't even talk, but we do follow yeah. her to the school. And they say that the reason why, he said in, a, in an interview, the director said, core of it is about how institutions can fail us, and if the institutions are failing us, we as individuals take responsibility and have each other's back. And so it was a central theme that he wanted to tap into by having multiple narrators in the movie. Okay. Does that make sense? Like we have to take responsibility together. And so we can only do it. We couldn't have done it if it was just following Jay through the whole movie. We couldn't have done it if it was just following Detective Lloyd. And Lizzie, Lizzie was not was not it no that's all i have about like the film phil but i do have one fun fact okay are you ready i'm ready this might help you like the movie just like a tenth of a percent more okay (laughs) stephen king personally recommended this movie via twitter oh considering he didn't recommend the shining and he recommended this movie maybe that says something that says a lot. <laughs> right. Now, does Stephen King manage his own Twitter? Maybe. Maybe not. But he did recommend it on Twitter himself. And that's literally the only fun fact like that, that would be considered a fun fact about the movie that I could find. Isn't that crazy? I really thought there might be more since there was like so much about the meaning of the movie. I thought there would be more fun facts yeah the other thing is is i don't know with netflix movies there's usually not yeah there's just definitely not enough movies. oh wait okay i do have one more i couldn't fact check this because i've never seen the show but there's like an easter egg in this movie where in one point before the detectives come hector's watching an episode of rick and morty yes that Rick and Morty episode is called the Rick Lantis mix-up. And supposedly there's a lot of overlapping themes to that episode of Rick and Morty and this movie. I've never watched Rick and Morty. I personally don't think that I want to watch Rick and Morty, but it's an Easter egg. If you watch that episode, it's a 30 minute episode probably or 24 minutes, right? Yeah. Supposedly like, there's... I would say like 22 minutes or so. Yeah. So supposedly there's a lot of overlapping themes, but I heard bad things about the creator of Rick and Morty, so I don't support Rick and Morty. That's the only reason why I probably would not watch it. But other than that, if you wanted an Easter egg after the movie, I'd maybe watch the Rick and Morty Rick Lantis mix-up episode. That was kind of a fun fact. Yeah, I can see how I'm, I'm reading the summary of it. Ooh, read it to us. Okay, so the the storyline for that episode is, as Rick and Morty go to Atlantis, we take a peek into what is going on in election time is happening while the Citadel is being rebuilt. Ricks are running for the office of the president, as is one Morty. We take a ride through Morty Town to see the Mortys without Ricks. As corruption is rampant and Ricks are factory workers as well as blue collar, we are treated to the dark Mortys and Ricks at the Citadel of Ricks. Okay, I can see how it's kind of a little like, overlapping. Do you watch Rick and Morty? I've seen 
like one season. Okay. It's one of Emily's favorite shows, though. Interesting. Okay. Well, I don't know. I thought that was interesting that they put in a show that was like a little bit hints and nods to this movie, like themes. Honestly, the Rick and Morty thing like stood out to me because I don't know. Usually in movies or shows, like you don't see them watching TV, or or if they are watching a movie, it Mm -hmm. it's not a it's not something that we would recognize. Exactly. And especially if it's in a different country. I was surprised that he was watching Rick and Morty in London. Yeah, an old judge guy watching Rick and Morty. Right. Eating like a TV dinner. Maybe it was just a steak. I don't really remember. But it looked like a TV dinner to me. Did you want to talk about ratings? Did you want to hear ratings or did you want to rate it first? That was a lot of Uh, questions. Would you like to talk about ratings? (laughs) Let's rate them first because I want to see like... You don't want to be an influence. Yeah. Those tomato boys can be influences, you know? (laughs) The tomato boys. I don't want to disappoint the tomato boys. I understand. I totally understand. Okay. So, Haley, you are the only person who doesn't know the ratings. Give it to me. What is your rating for this movie? Especially now knowing all the fun things that I told you. (sighs) Okay. Which was so great of me. uh, Rate it before and after. Okay, well, before I knew everything, it was probably like a three and a half or four, maybe. Because I I don't know, maybe. I just, it, I, to me, it just felt undone. Like it didn't, yep. it didn't feel like it was done. I agree. But, but like, I guess learning more of the symbolism, like it makes sense why we have that done feeling. Because mm-hmm. if, if we're in, if we're in like Toby's POV, we're obviously going to get a black screen because he died. For Lizzie, same thing. She died. So we don't know. And then now we're in Jay's POV and he doesn't know what happened to them. So, and like, sorry. It, it just make, it makes a lot of sense right. to me now. So I will probably, I'll give it like a six. Okay. Okay. The other thing is, is it may feel undone to you because the fight against the justice system is not done. <gasps> seven. Mind blown, right? It's seven now. Perfect, perfect. You are a strong advocate for this movie. I literally just thought of that while you were saying that, and I was like, I know it. I know it in my head. That's what I have to say. I love, okay, so this is going to sound so pretentious. I love movies that have, like, deeper meanings, that have, like, this like this kind of like meanings behind it that is not always visible right up front that you have to like think about and like things make a lot more sense that way like i bet you if you rewatched it again with this lens you'd be like holy fuck yeah you know what i mean for sure now i feel like i need to watch it again yeah i think you you could i think that i think that also people who are rating it may not think about that art and they may not do the research to learn about it either because okay so when i googled i came by a lot of people were confused by the ending because again like you said it felt unfinished it felt undone and so people did research like after watching it because it was like one of the top things when i typed in i came by netflix or something or netflix i came by it said like meaning explanation or ending explanation i mean so yeah lots of people wanted to know 
I would say my rating's the same, like a six, six and a half, seven, like somewhere around there, knowing what I know now. 6.7. Beautiful. Beautiful. But if I had not, if I had, when I first watched it, I think that I rated it two out of five, which would have been a four out of 10, just because I I didn't understand it. (laughs) And until you understand movies like this, I think you just don't get it. Like, it's kind of like that sound that's like the girls who get it, get it. And the girls who don't, don't. Yeah. You know, like, (laughs) it is what it is. You might just not get it. Like, that's fine. But the the meaning behind the movie and the themes behind the movie made it better for me. So that's good. So let's talk about the ratings from the big boys. Tomato, MDIB, Google. (laughs) Did you understand MDIB? Understand what? MDIB? No. IMDB? MDIB? Oh, MDID. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) Average rating across everywhere. Or I don't know where they put the average across. But I'm assuming it's from like the main top people, right? Was a 5.8. Now, you have not disappointed the Tomato Boys yet. Okay. Okay. They rated it at a 6.1. Oh, oh my close. God. I thought you were going to say 6.7 and I was like, Catherine. It would have been very surprised if it was like you had said 6.1. I was just going to be like, oh, okay. The Tomato Boys. Hold on to your butts, guys. Okay. 70%. Do you remember when you said seven? Oh. been a seven out of ten. Ah, I, oh <laughs> my God. You made the Tomato Boys so proud. Yes. <laughs> it took you a minute to get to the Tomato Boys rating, but you made it. That's why you were like, perfect. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. And Google users rated it, mind you, they rate out of five, a 3.4. And out of 10, that would be a 6.8. <gasps> I'm just saying, Whoa. we're just as good as every other critic on the fucking internet. <laughs> Man, we should we should be critics. We are critics. Haley, we talk about two movies every month with our fans. True. We are movie critics. I just told that to my sister. I said, I don't know. Critics might say, I go, actually, I am a movie critic. I have a podcast where I review movies twice a month. I think that's a movie critic, loosely. Okay. Last but not least, but he is the least metacritic. He gave us 57% this movie, which would have been a 5.7. It's fine. But Metacritic is like the lowest on my critics list. I trust the Tomato Boys and MDIB with my life. As you know. MDIB. I haven't found a good, a good, what's that called? Nickname for Metacritic. But maybe one day. We can just call them the loser. And I'm just kidding. Loser. So this was like the overall consensus on the Tomato Boys site for this movie. And it brings another factor into it that, that I didn't think about until after I watched it. Okay. This is a quote from the, like, they, they, you know how like they, on the Tomato Boys, it says like, overall review is this. And it's like a one line and it's kind of like trying to take in criticism from everyone. Okay. Their one line is, Although it falls a fair bit from its Hitchcockian ambitions. It makes sense. I Came By gets a major boost from Hugh Bonneville's 
excellent against type performance. So mostly the critics loved Hugh or Hector. He is the biggest name in the movie, so that makes sense, I guess. Other than that, movie got pretty mixed reviews. People said it was, quote, messy, quote, flat, and that, quote, the shifts in the narrative made for an unpredictable movie, but it affected the pacing. And I think that's all things that we already agreed with. Yeah. But you and I, maybe they don't, but you and I know why. But we did have a problem with the pacing, which was because it was like one day to three months. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. who knows? <laughs> Where are we? I don't know. It, it, if they didn't have the child, it would have looked like it happened in like three weeks, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it would have happened. It would have felt like it happened like all in a month or something. So I think that the 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 longer timeline made it feel more realistic like that's how long this could have gone on mm-hmm. but i don't know and that's all i have about i came by thank you Catherine, for stopping by oh you're welcome i guess you guys should watch it if you have two hours it's a very long movie it's good give it a try if any of you feel the same feels about the justice system and eat the rich and those kinds of things try it out with the lens of what we've already given you yes that would help you feel like this movie is a good movie if you watch it without any of the other lenses that we've provided to you today you're gonna come away with like was a three was a three out of ten whoops that's all i got i feel like i've talked a lot (laughs) no you're good i feel like i've done justice for this movie you do you know, like I, sometimes I feel like I don't have a lot on some movies and I'm like I don't know what else to do I did this one justice you did you did you did good I did good kid yeah you did well shoulder tap did you have anything to tell the spooky babes before we go go spooky babes we hope you enjoyed this little episode go go watch it on Netflix if you if you want to if you have time it's a it's a good movie, especially with knowledge that you may know now. <laughs> I might even need to go rewatch it. We hope you have a good day and a good month. And yeah, back to you, Catherine. Back, back, back to you. <laughs> um, just kidding. Take it away. Oh, okay, oh, sorry. Well, spooky babes, we appreciate you coming. That's really sad. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's really, it's don't make dirty jokes. <laughs> it's because. My name is You Already Came By, came by Come Again, but it's C-U-M. Yeah. So when, when you said thanks for coming, so I thought I thought of my name. Kaylee's name right. is crude and and not <laughs> Zoom appropriate. Mine is Tinfoil Hat. You're welcome. <laughs> that just reminds me of Signs, which for a little fun fact, is one of Catherine's favorite movies. I do love Signs. I used to watch it mm-hmm. all the time. Anyway. Let's spooky babes. Back to us. We are excited to. I know that it doesn't. This doesn't involve you, but we'll post some TikToks and some videos together. But we're excited that we're going to be together this weekend. You're listening to this, unless it's in the future. <laughs> if you listen to it the weekend it comes out, we're together, and hopefully you enjoy our whatever content we can provide you. But we are glad that you came by and and just remember you're worth it 
you deserve to be here in this world. And we will always try to remind you of that. And we will see you in your nightmares. Well, that scared me. Oh. <laughs> I scared you? Yeah! No, Sorry, Aww, I, should have, I should have left it at yes. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, bye guys. Okay. Bye.